Well, hey everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. Right now at Melbourne Heights, we are working our way through a series of sermons where we're exploring some of the events that take place during Holy Week. And we're doing this for a reason. Holy Week was one of Jesus' most difficult times during his life on this earth. But in spite of the difficulties that he faced during this week, Jesus' faith in God never wavered. He continued to follow God in spite of everything that was happening around him. And you know what? Over the course of the last year, we have all faced some pretty difficult times in our lives as well. So we need to know how to follow God even in these trying times. So that's what we're trying to learn as we explore these stories together. And last week we talked about one of the more unfamiliar scenes from Holy Week, the story of Jesus cursing a fig tree. But in this week's sermon, we're going to be exploring one of the most famous and well-known stories in all of the Gospels, the story of Jesus' Last Supper. And we're going to see together what we can learn from Jesus' life that will help us follow God in difficult times. So let's get right into this episode sermon. So over the last few weeks here at Melbourne Heights, we have been exploring some of the stories that take place during Holy Week. And Holy Week is what we refer to as the week that leads up to Jesus' crucifixion. And we've been exploring different stories that take place during Holy Week for a reason. And that's because Holy Week had to have been one of, if not the most difficult times in all of Jesus' time here on this earth. During Holy Week, Jesus was on the verge of being arrested. He was on the verge of being put on trial. He was on the verge of being convicted. And he was on the verge of being executed. It had to be one of the most difficult times that he ever faced. But the incredible thing is that in spite of everything that Jesus would face, and even though Jesus knew that he would face all of these things, he continued to follow God. None of these things kept Jesus from following God. So, by looking at how Jesus lived during Holy Week, by seeing how he continued to follow God during one of the most difficult times in his life, we can learn how we can follow God when we face difficult times in our life as well. And let's just be honest here. We have all been facing a difficult time. We have been facing one of the most difficult times in modern history over the course of the last year. Now, I don't know if you realize this or not, but last Monday, March 8th, actually marked the one-year anniversary of the last time that we were able to be together to worship in person at Melbourne Heights. So it's now been over a year since the last time we were able to see each other face-to-face and be together in the same room. And a whole lot has happened over the last year. Over the last year, more than 110 million people worldwide have contracted COVID-19. And this novel virus has contributed to the deaths of over 2.6 million people all across the globe. But even if you've been fortunate enough that you or someone you love hasn't contracted this potentially deadly virus, COVID-19 has still made all of our lives more difficult. COVID-19 caused our economy to shut down for months on end, which has led to financial uncertainty for a whole lot of people. COVID-19 caused us to stay at home far more than we were ever used to. And that means that a lot of us have been feeling more lonely and isolated than we've ever felt before. On top of that, COVID-19 caused us to cancel everything from birthday parties to holiday celebrations to family vacations. 
So we have all had something to grieve and mourn during this time. So yeah, right now we are living through a difficult time. And even though there is now light at the end of the tunnel for us, as more and more of us are able to get vaccinated, that doesn't change the fact that COVID-19 has taken a toll on every single one of us, and it's still keeping us from living our lives the way that we want to today. So we are living through a difficult time, and that means that we have to be able to find ways to continue to follow God in the face of these difficult times. So that's why we're looking at stories that take place during Holy Week, to see how Jesus lived during one of the most difficult times in his life so we can continue to follow God during the difficult times in our life, too. And so we've been looking at these events from Holy Week, like last Sunday. Last Sunday, we took a look at an event that took place on the Tuesday of Holy Week. And in this particular story, Jesus is walking along and he comes by a fig tree that isn't producing any fruit. And he causes this fig tree to wither up and to die away. And I told you last week when we were exploring that story that out of all of the events that take place during Holy Week, that's probably the event that we were the least familiar with. Well, the event that we're going to be taking a look at today is one of the most familiar events in all of the Bible for us. As a matter of fact, the event that we're going to be looking at today, we're probably more familiar with than any other event that takes place in Jesus' life outside of Christmas, the Christmas story or Easter morning. And this event takes place on the Thursday of Holy Week. Now, we in the church, we typically refer to the Thursday of Holy Week as Maundy Thursday. And I'll explain why that is a little bit later on in the sermon. But this event is so familiar to us that it actually serves as the inspiration for one of the most famous paintings in all of human history. This painting was painted back in the early 1400s by none other than Leonardo da Vinci himself. And at some point over the last 600 years, this painting has hung in just about every church's fellowship hall or entry area at one point or another. Of course, I'm talking about this painting, The Last Supper. And even if we didn't put this painting up on the screen so you could see it right now, we all know what Da Vinci's Last Supper looks like because we have seen it so many times before. In this painting, Jesus is sitting right in the middle of it, and he is surrounded by his disciples. And his disciples are engaged in all sorts of different activities. You have some disciples that look like they're arguing with each other, and you have some disciples that appear to be lovingly adoring Jesus as they're sitting at the table, and the list goes on and on. But this work by Da Vinci is considered to be a true masterpiece. But there is one big problem with this painting, and that's that Da Vinci's Last Supper doesn't look anything like the Last Supper that Jesus and his disciples shared. So to put it another way for you, Leonardo Da Vinci got it wrong. Now, I know what you may be wondering. How on earth could I possibly know that Leonardo da Vinci got this painting wrong? I mean, it's not like somebody was standing around at the actual Last Supper with their smartphone in their hand and snapped a picture of what was happening around the table that they posted on Instagram. And it's not like I've used a time machine to travel back in time to see what it was like when Jesus and his disciples sat down to share the Passover meal. Because everybody knows I only use my time machine to go back to save Doc Brown from Mad Dog Tannen in the Wild West. Wait, I'm sorry, that was Marty McFly in Back to the Future 3. But anyway, how can I possibly know that Da Vinci got this painting wrong? 
Well, there's been a whole lot of research that has been done over the years into what meals were like in the first century. And this research shows us that da Vinci doesn't quite get his painting right. So what is it about da Vinci's Last Supper that he got wrong? Well, a lot of people think that what da Vinci got wrong is where Jesus and his disciples were sitting. So if you think back to the picture that we just showed you, Jesus and all of his disciples are sitting on one side of the table. And that seems a little bit strange and a little bit odd to us. It's so strange and so odd that there's actually been a meme that's been making its way around social media for years that says, waitstaff has to set up a table for 26 so that all 13 can sit on one side. But believe it or not, Da Vinci probably got this part of the painting right. When folks attended a dinner party or a banquet in the first century, they probably all sat together on one side of the table. And they did that to make it easier for the servers. I mean, just think about the last time that you were able to go out and have a big meal at a restaurant with all of your family or all of your friends, and you sat together around one big table. The server's job was pretty hard because the server either had to reach around or they had to reach over top of everyone at the table just to refill a cup or to sit your entree down. But if everyone was sitting on one side of the table like we saw in da Vinci's picture, the server's job gets a whole lot easier. They're able to refill glasses and sit plates on the table without having to reach over or around anyone. So if da Vinci didn't get the where of his painting wrong, then what did he get wrong in this painting? Well, what da Vinci gets wrong is the how. How Jesus and his disciples are sitting. Because Jesus and his disciples are all sitting in chairs. Now, I know that that's probably not shocking information to you, and it's not the type of thing that you probably even notice when you're looking at this painting. Because when all of us sit down to dinner today, we sit down in chairs. But that's not actually how people in the first century ate. So we have another picture that we're going to put up on the screen in just a second that gives a better depiction of what the actual Last Supper would have looked like. So we'll put that up now so that you can see it. So in this painting, you'll notice that Jesus and his disciples are sitting around what we call a triclinium. And the word triclinium literally means three couches, but it actually refers to tables that are put together in that U-shaped configuration. And you can tell just by looking at that painting that the table sits a lot lower to the ground than the tables that we're used to today. So there is no way that Jesus and his disciples could have sat in chairs at the Last Supper. And as a matter of fact, this painting isn't even the best depiction that you could find of this because Jesus and his disciples are all sitting up too straight. They wouldn't have sat up that straight at the actual Last Supper. Instead, they would have been reclined on the floor around the table. They would have propped themselves up on their left arms and used their right hands to eat when there was food on the table. And when there wasn't food on the table, in between courses, they would have been laying back on pillows or on cushions. So even the painting that's on the screen right now isn't a really accurate depiction of the Last Supper because Jesus and his disciples, they wouldn't have been sitting with their legs folded up underneath of them. They would have been sitting at that table with their legs stretched out beside them. And that's another reason why people would have only sat on one side of the table in Jesus' time. 
because if a server had to climb over and around everybody's legs that were stretched out at the table, there's no way they could have done their job. As they were climbing over people's legs to fill a cup or to put a plate on the table, they would have spilled something and angered all of the guests that were there. But what's the big deal here? Why did I just spend the last few minutes critiquing one of the most famous paintings in human history? And who really cares if Jesus and his disciples were sitting or standing or stretched out while they were sharing the Last Supper? Well, I'll tell you why it matters. It matters because of an unusual scene that unfolds in the Gospel of John, or John's account of the life of Jesus when he's telling the story of the Last Supper. We find this account in John chapter 13, and I want to share that with you now. We'll start reading together in verse 1. Here's what John writes. Before the festival of Passover, Jesus knew that his time had come to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them fully. Jesus and his disciples were sharing the evening meal. The devil had already provoked Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew the Father had given everything into his hands and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Now, this is where things get a little bit strange, okay? So he, Jesus, got up from the table, took off his robes, picking up a linen towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a wash basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he was wearing. So in John's version of the Last Supper, Jesus is going to wash his disciples' feet. Now, I want to say that again for you because I'm afraid that we've heard this story so many times before that we don't understand just how strange and unusual that is. Jesus is going to wash his disciples' feet. Jesus is going to wash his disciples' feet. That should sound a little strange to us. That should sound a little bit odd to us. That should probably even sound a little bit gross to us. Because I got to tell you, I'm almost 39 years old, and I have never, never had anyone try to wash my feet in my entire life. And I got to tell you, that's probably a good thing because my feet are really ticklish. And if somebody even touches my feet, I tend to jerk. So if somebody attempted to wash my feet, they'd probably end up getting kicked instead. But when you think about everything that's happening around this story, it makes perfect sense why the disciples needed to have their feet washed. So let's take a minute and let's think about everything else that's happening here. So before Jesus and his disciples get together to share the Passover meal, they would have spent the entire day ahead of time getting ready for this meal. That means they would have been out walking the city streets of Jerusalem all day long to make sure everything was ready for their celebration. Now, the thing that we need to realize here is when I say that Jesus and his disciples were out walking the streets of Jerusalem, the streets of Jerusalem are, were a whole lot different in Jesus' time than streets are in 21st century America. In 21st century America, our roads are paved. They're made out of asphalt or concrete or something along those lines. But in Jesus' time, the roads weren't paved at all. The best roads in Jerusalem may have been made out of something like cobblestone, but a lot of the roads there would have been made of nothing but dirt that had been packed down to the ground. So Jesus and his disciples, they are out walking on these dirt roads in Jerusalem all day long. 
And it's not like Jesus or his disciples had fancy shoes on their feet that they would just kick off before they sat down to share the Passover meal. Again, the best of the disciples, they may have had sandals on their feet. But the reality is that most of the disciples would have been walking around barefoot. So they're out walking around all day long in Jerusalem in their bare feet on dirt roads in what is a hot desert climate. So think about what that means. The disciples are out all day long. They're walking in a hot climate, so their feet are getting sweaty. And their sweaty feet are hitting the dirt roads that they're walking on. And that sweat is turning the dirt into mud, and that mud is caking onto their feet as they walk along. And that image probably sounds a little bit nasty to you, and it is, but having mud on their feet is about as sanitary as Jesus and his disciples could have hoped to have been when they sat down to share the Last Supper that night. Because again, streets in ancient Jerusalem are a whole lot different than streets in modern-day America. And today, if we were walking down the streets, we would be worried about cars that were going flying by us. But in Jesus' time, they weren't worried about cars. They were worried about the animals that were out on the streets of Jerusalem hauling goods or carrying people. And they were especially concerned about what the animals were leaving behind as they were walking the streets of Jerusalem, if you catch my drift. But you know, that's enough of that. But anyway, so when Jesus and his disciples are sitting down to share the Passover meal, they've been out all day long walking the streets of Jerusalem. So the disciples' feet were sweaty. The disciples' feet were dirty. The disciples' feet stunk. The disciples' feet were covered in whatever they may have stepped in while they were out that day. And here they were, about to sit down for dinner. But they weren't sitting down like we do today in chairs. No, they were stretched out, lounging around the table. And that meant that if I was at the Last Supper, my feet would have been down in the person's face like two spots down, and they would have had to deal with my sweaty, stinky, dirty feet all meal long. So Jesus is going to do something about it. And he's going to do something about it because he doesn't want his disciples to be focused on the odor that is coming from the dirty, sweaty, stinky feet that are a couple people down from them. Instead, Jesus wants them to be focused in on being in his presence one last time. But we also need to note here that Jesus, Jesus doesn't have to do this. Jesus doesn't have to wash his disciples' feet because ordinarily the task or the responsibility of washing someone's feet at a dinner party or a banquet would have been reserved for the lowest servant in a household. But when Jesus and his disciples get together for the Passover meal, they're meeting in a borrowed room. So there isn't a lowest servant that's there that can wash their feet before the meal begins. So Jesus takes it upon himself. He takes it upon himself to wash his disciples' feet, and he does it for a reason. And that reason isn't just that Jesus doesn't want somebody's dirty, sweaty, stinky feet all up in his face when he's sitting down for his last supper. Jesus does this because he wants to teach his disciples an important lesson. And we find out what that lesson is as we continue to read this story from John chapter 13. So we'll pick back up in verse 12 here. This is what John writes. After he, Jesus, washed the disciples' feet, he put on his robes and returned to his place at the table. He said to them, Do you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you speak correctly because I am. 
If I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you too must wash each other's feet. I have given you an example. Just as I have done, you also must do. Now, I want you to think about what has just happened in the story. And I also want you to think about what's going to happen next in the story. So after Jesus finishes up his last supper with his disciples, after they finish celebrating the Passover meal, they're to go out to the Garden of Gethsemane. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, it won't be long before Jesus is arrested there. And within a matter of hours of being arrested, Jesus is going to be put on trial. And by noon the next day, Jesus will be crucified. So as Jesus sits down to share this meal with his disciples, he is literally hours away from dying on the cross. And he knows that it's about to happen. So you have to imagine that Jesus was experiencing the most difficult time in his entire life when they sat down to celebrate the Passover. And what does Jesus do? How does Jesus behave during this meal? Well, I'll tell you what Jesus doesn't do. Jesus doesn't go over and sit in some corner out of the way, moping all off on his own. And Jesus doesn't go and tell the disciples that he just wants to be left alone to think about everything that's about to happen. Jesus doesn't even lash out in anger at the disciples because he's so upset about the events that are about to unfold. What does Jesus do? during the most difficult time in his life, Jesus gets up from the table. He wraps a towel around his waist. He grabs a pitcher of water, and he washes his disciples' feet. And he does that to teach them a lesson. He wants the disciples to see what it really means to follow God, even in life's most difficult times. And what it means is that Jesus was willing to humble himself and to serve other people. That's what we need to do when we face difficult times in our lives as well. We need to be willing to humble ourselves, to put our wants, our needs, our desires on the back burner, and to help other people when they're facing difficult times as well. So yeah, over the last few weeks here at Melbourne Heights, we have been exploring some of the events that take place during Holy Week so that we can learn how we can follow God when we face difficult times in our lives. And in this story, Jesus shows us. Jesus shows us exactly what we need to do to follow God in the most difficult moments in our lives. When he picks up that towel, grabs that water pitcher, and washes his disciples' feet. Now, I told you earlier on in the sermon that we referred to the day that the Last Supper took place as Maundy Thursday. And I told you that I'd explain a little bit later on why we call it Maundy Thursday. Well, here's that explanation for you. We call the Thursday of Holy Week Maundy Thursday because the word Maundy derives from the Latin word for command. And after Jesus finishes up washing his disciples' feet and explaining to them why he did this and teaching them that lesson, the Gospel of John tells us that Jesus gives his disciples a new command. We find this command in John chapter 13, verse 34. So let's look at that together. It's what Jesus tells them. I give you a new commandment. Love each other, just as I have loved you. So you also must love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples. 
when you love each other. So how do we continue to follow God even in difficult times in our lives? Jesus shows us. Jesus shows us when he wraps that towel around his waist, when he grabs that pitcher of water, he shows us by serving the disciples during his life's most difficult time. And he shows us how we're supposed to behave too. When we're facing life's most difficult times, if we want to continue to follow God, we have to serve other people. We have to help other people. We have to love other people. Because that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. That's how Jesus tells us that the world will know that we are one of his, that we are his followers, his disciples, that we are Christians. They'll know we are Christians by our love. So if you want to follow God in the difficult times in your life, you have to love others. Because when Jesus tells us this, he doesn't give us any clauses, any ways out. He doesn't say, you only have to love other people when you're going through easy times and good times in your life. No. Even when Jesus was facing the most difficult moment in his life, he loved his disciples. He served them. He helped them. This is what Jesus expects us to do too. To love one another. To serve one another. To help one another. Let's pray together. God, as we come to you in this time of prayer, we are just challenged by the story that we've just heard. The story that takes place on Maundy Thursday is Jesus and his disciples gather together for this last meal. God, I'm just so in awe of what Jesus does in the story. It boggles my mind. I can't begin to fathom it that he was willing, that your son, God made human, was willing to humble himself and wash his disciples' dirty, sweaty, stinky feet to show them what it means to follow you. God, I know in my life that I'm not often willing to humble myself and serve other people the way that you want me to. And I know that other folks that are listening to this sermon right now are the exact same way. So God, my prayer is that you convict us all that you show us that we can be selfish people, that when we face difficult times, we don't think about the fact that other people all around us are hurting too. So help us find ways that we can help each other, serve each other, and love each other in the face of all of the difficulties that we've experienced this year. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our Sermon Podcast. And I hope that this episode has challenged you to find ways to serve other people. Because even when Jesus was facing one of the most difficult times in his life, he humbled himself, he acted as a servant for his disciples to challenge them to do the same thing for one another and for all of us. Now, next week, we're going to continue on in the sermon series, and we're going to start thinking about what happens on Good Friday with Jesus' crucifixion. So we hope that you'll come back then and join us for another episode. As always, that episode will drop on Sunday afternoon, and if you, if you subscribe to our podcast, it'll be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. And also, don't forget, you are always invited to come and worship with us online every Sunday morning. We worship at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, and we would love to have you join us. So until next week, I hope that you guys have a great week this week, and we'll see you back here soon for another sermon podcast.